0: This week, we have a special offer for you, our podcast listeners. We're offering 50 passes to our next Digiday Plus live podcast event. I will speak to Bleacher Report CRO Howard Mittman. Howard and I will discuss the pivot to video done right and done wrong, the importance of brand and media today, whether the rush to commerce will hit a wall, and much, much more. These passes are normally available only to Digiday Plus members. That's our premium subscription product. But if you would like a pass, and there's a few left, Please email us at plusevents at and be sure to include your first and last name. These limited number of passes will be given out on a first come, first serve basis, so act now. Again, that is plusevents at digiday.com. Welcome to the Digital Podcast. I'm Brian Morrissey. Uh, this week, I'm joined by Kate Lewis. Kate is the SVP and Editorial Director at Hearst Magazine's Digital Media. Kate, you oversee digital for all the different publications, Cosmo, Esquire, Elle, Good Housekeeping.
1: And so many more. And so mm-hmm. many
0: more. So let's just go back, because you came from Say, mm-hmm. which now no one no one remembers, but I remember Say.
1: Stay, stay st- they're still hanging in there.
0: Yes. Oddly enough, I noticed this in my in my bathroom. I still have some sort of, say, shaving kit.
1: Oh, they were so good at gear. Yes. They were profesh at that.
0: So you came over to Hearst, you, Troy Young, modernizing, wrecking balls. Although,
1: interestingly, Troy and I did not work together at Say. Really? Yeah, I came after he left. Interesting. Yeah.
0: So uh, explain exactly in, in four years what the the, the difference is between Hearst then, Mm -hmm. you know, because I was maybe a little bit behind in digital, Mm -hmm. and now?
1: I mean, I think, you know, part of it is that we put a lot of people really dedicated to digital content, digital sales, ad tech, you know, CMS, all that stuff that they just hadn't made a lot of effort around that at that point. Um, So a huge part of it is resourcing. And then, you know, unabated ambition, (laughs) I think, is the other sort of piece of it that Troy and I brought to the team Um, So
0: fixing the plumbing and then having a digital orientation for a, a part of Hearst that has magazines in its name.
1: Right. I think, you know, I think of my mandate as I want people to have, you know, a personal resonance to these brands in 20 years. So I need to be reaching them wherever they are. And that's, you know, so it is digital, but it's actually about, you know, keeping these brands vibrant and relevant to everyone, everywhere they consume media. And that's what we're doing.
0: Okay, so originally that was building scale, right? Yes. I mean, because I remember at the time, I mean, the Hearst brands were bigger than their their digital audiences.
1: Oh, totally, yeah. So we needed to get out there and have content. I mean, a lot of it is that, you know, The more stories you post, the more people have to read, the more they're going to find you. And so it was, you know, scale the volume of content you're producing, the pace at which you're producing, and people will discover it.
0: So was this uh, as big of an internal challenge? I mean, because the way magazine companies are typically set up Mm -hmm. is not really made for digital and for the kind of scale that you need in digital.
1: Yeah, I think there is a... There's a difference in the craft, right There's a difference in the craft to make a beautiful monthly magazine and to make a post in an hour. Um, and so part of it was just bringing in that skill set and that experience um, and and so there was some cultural challenge to letting people to helping people who had been making, Things that are more precious and more crafted feel comfortable with a much less varnished version of that brand. And that's sort of what was happening in digital originally. And, and again, because we had to be at that scale. I think since then, we now make beautiful crafted things in digital as well as print. Um, mm-hmm. But initially, it was like, let's just get the pace up. Let's get in the conversation of the internet. Um, and that was what we were really doing.
0: And then doing that, that's the internal challenge, right? I mean, because like, do do you try to get, I mean, the people who are really good at putting out magazines, they might not be the people who are really good at putting out viral posts. Right.
1: And, and they are good at putting out things that are digitally relevant, but not at that pace. Like it's just a different workflow. Right. Um,
0: And so, so explain the organizational challenge there and how you guys attacked it
1: it's really to have a team that is really focused on .com and on social and then to have a team that's really focused on print and figure out when those thing when there's a partnership and a synergy between those two teams and when we need to just kind of let each other go crazy with our our disciplines so how do you
0: stay true to the brand when you having mean, you have a lot of like shared um, you you have a shared news desk. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. like you know, these brands grew up as being, you know, very crafted yep. and, and they mean something. Um and there's an efficiency mandate that digital forces on everyone. Yes. Um, and I mean I
1: think there's an efficiency mandate that media forces on everyone well, these, these days. days. Particularly. <laughs> yeah. Yes.
0: And sometimes that runs counter to um being able to keep the brands unique.
1: Part of it is the the percentage. So like how much of your content is going to be internet fodder? Like um, I'm trying to think, you know, Megan and Harry got engaged. Like there's not a shit ton. Am I allowed to curse on this? There's not a lot of, yeah, there's not a lot. I have a terrible potty mouth. Get ready for the rest of it. (laughs) Um, There's not a ton of, you know, variance in that story, but you got to cover it. So like when you're just doing the announcement in that rush of the moment, like, oh my God, Megan and Mm -hmm. Harry got engaged. That's kind of commodity content. Like, you can share that. You can. So you
0: do it once and then tweak it for...
1: Nope. So well, that story can appear verbatim. But what then happens afterwards, like I think on Town & Country that Monday, we published 28 stories about Meghan and Harry. There was a ton of nuance then uh, after that. After that initial post that we all kind of did the same, then you do a post that's like, well, here's Megan's family history. Well, here's how Meghan and Harry's engagement was different from Will and Kate's and different from Diana and Charles's and like you go and Esquire
0: into, might do Harry's style.
1: Yes. And they may not even touch it. You know, that okay. so you there are things that are just things that you need to bring to the conversation on the internet. You need like if you have a bought in audience, you need to tell them the news they're curious about. And then you say, Okay, what's my super branded version of this? And where do I begin to kind of riff on it and if i'm town and country i'm deep in 28 stories if i'm esquire i'm doing two and i'm out
0: okay and then video on top of that uh we had troy on mm-hmm. um i don't know it was probably like eight months ago yeah and he said half our content's gonna be gonna be video yeah
1: soon he didn't yeah you put, put a date on it which, <laughs> thank god deadlines <laughs> are terrible <laughs> <laughs> which kind of makes a prediction yeah yeah, <laughs> um,
0: But obviously everyone is looking at video. Yeah, um, Explain how you're organizing video because that in particular, I think, stresses, um, you know, a magazine uh, orientation where everyone's just doing their own things. Yeah.
1: I think one of the things that is exciting for us about video is that magazines are such visual things and video is a new form of visual storytelling for us. One of my favorite videos that we've done recently is we went to Paris during the collections and the weekend after we shot six videos there for Harper's Bazaar and there was a whole array of stuff. There was, we did, we interviewed French women about what they eat, what they drive, what they wear, what they smell like, you know, because Americans will eat up French women doing anything. They're like, oh, the gospel. I'm learning about the French girl thanks to uh, (laughs) to
0: Glossier. I was like, they really say girl? And they're like, "Yes, yes, you have to say girl. That
1: is the appropriate term. Yeah. Um, but we also did a story where we got this, uh, GM Valley dress and put it on this gorgeous uh, model and then made her do ordinary things. So she went grocery shopping and she wrote on a Vespa and she's in this literally like, you know, Cinderella ball gown. Um, and that really, I think connects beautifully back to what, um, Harper's Bazaar is in print, um, but we get to do it with moving visuals now. Mm-hmm. So video has been really exciting So for how us. much of
0: the content is
1: I would video? say at least a third of it okay. is video at this point. A third of my team is is making video for sure.
0: So the knock on all this is is regularly regularly that this is driven by ad money. It's not driven by what users want. Maybe it's driven by by what the platforms want too. Yes. But I that, think that this is not too. audience driven. Give me I, I assume you disagree but
1: I I mean, I think those things are true, but don't mean that the audience doesn't want it also. It is definitely driven by advertisers. It is, for me, since my job is delight your audience and reach them through platforms, right? It's very driven by what the platforms want. But also consumption of video is really going up. So I think there's an audience for it there. I think I was always wary of... Um, I was always wary of the phrase pivot to video. And maybe that's because I was raised with, you know, words and pictures. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I think that we live in an age of multimedia storytelling because our, because the media allows us to, because the platforms and the phones and laptops allow us to. And so we have a... Mandate to do that. I mean, I, you know, I don't think people think of Instagram stories as being video, but they are. It's animated right. storytelling. And so it's I think- It's a pivot to
0: multimedia. It is. It's the, we'll it, or it's,
1: it's the- Evolution, maybe. (laughs) Because I don't think, you know, I didn't, we didn't get rid of text editors. Some of them we trained and they became more versed video or they became producers and some of them now coexist with video editors and they together tell stories.
0: So a lot of it's being driven by platforms. Platforms keep changing. They Mm -hmm. enabled, they enabled you guys to catch up and scale, no doubt. Because when you were, when you were doing this catch up, it happened to coincide with the time when Facebook was pouring, Facebook, pouring Facebook, gasoline, Facebook. On, yeah, yeah, on on the publishing industry.
1: Yes, that was a we were well timed. <laughs> okay,
0: and yet now here we are. Yeah, Facebook keeps changing. Yeah, um, they seem to even almost be distancing themselves in some ways from from media, uh, mm-hmm. just because they're getting beat up so much uh, mm-hmm. over it um, today. They announced more changes yes, to, to the yeah. news feed uh, yeah. as far as video goes. I know you're in watch. Yeah, how do you keep up with all of this when Facebook keeps keeps changing?
1: So it's funny we. When I mean, they were telling, they yeah. were probably
0: coming to you like a year ago, saying, "Hey, do Facebook Live?" Maybe they paid you guys for it, and then they're stopping that.
1: Yeah, I think um, we just had a kind of a regroup after the announcement yesterday from Facebook, and. It, it's kind of easy in my group to to weather that because we are just trying to evolve constantly how we make content. And so we don't... I I, I just can't let that freak me out. Like maybe it's because it's been like four really tumultuous years yeah. and I'm just like, okay, here's another thing. But like, you know, I think... What the kind of KPI for me is that we continue to see audience growth. So you
0: don't care if you get whacked as long as everyone else gets whacked.
1: Kind of. And I also don't think we're getting whacked. Like we continue to see nice audience growth, Mm -hmm. maybe not in the traditional way. Like our UVs are not, you know, exponentially larger year over year, but they're nicely larger. And also like our presence on Snap and our, you know, Instagram engagement and all those other things feel up. It means like we're still reaching audience more than ever and telling stories in the mm-hmm. right way. So I, I, look is it
0: hard with resource allocation though? Um, because <laughs> if you ask
1: my team for sure, they'd say yes. <laughs> I think that is the like,
0: because they're like, they're always saying, Oh, rush over here, rush right. into live video. Right. No, 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 forget about that. We want, we want a short form video. No, 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 no. Now we want episodic, we want content. series,
1: right? And don't forget live in the middle of that. <laughs> yeah. That is why we had we never kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater. Like what you want at the end of the day on your team are people who really understand your brand and who are. F- I almost cursed again. Look, I stopped myself. You can. <laughs> who are once, fucking there's curse, great. once there's one curse. Once <laughs> there's one curse, that's it. Yeah, great storytellers, and you know and great news hounds and great like digital listeners and once you have those people and then you say okay today I want you to try to like make animated gifs like and tomorrow I want you to you know do infographics like as long as the the dna of your editorial team is sort of like I I am Cosmo I am Good Housekeeping I am Delish and I know mm-hmm. what this brand means and that there's an audience that engages with it and I'll figure out how to execute that as it changes
0: okay so four years ago i would say the perception was you guys were playing catch up to the digitally native publishers many of them venture funded yeah um and they were they had much larger audiences in many cases Mm -hmm. and they were looked at as the hip cutting edge people yeah and now we're in this sort of trough of disappointment for (laughs) these these people um refinery today uh Cut! I think thirty-five people. Yeah. Um, Buzzfeed at uh, Jonah Peretti came out and said digital media is in crisis. Yeah. You know, Vice is cutting people. Mashable, fire Sale I could go on. Yes. Yes. So are, are, happy you, news. Are you like triumphal?
1: <laughs> no, I'm not because I think. Um, I mean, first of all, I think those people were North Star for us in the beginning. Like it was like, oh man, like look were at they me. leading
0: you in the wrong direction? I
1: don't. I don't think so. I. I mean, if if I'm going to be hubristic I would say the thing I feel that we have is these brands I do think like people feel a resonance to these storied brands and so there's a staying power that I think advantages us um I also think you know many, the companies that you mentioned are all single brands, and we, you know, I have. Well,
0: Buzzfeed now is talking about a house of brands. They're talking about yes. Buzzfeed. They're talking about Taste. But I've and had one for a and...
1: hundred years. You know, that's like true. I've had twenty. Bra- you know, maybe not twenty brands, but we don't had... yet have Helen Gurley Brown. I mean, that's <laughs> exactly. true. Exactly, they don't. You know, they don't. They didn't publish uh, Truman Capote, and you know, we have this kind of this roster of brands and we have this ability to coexist within those brands that has served us well for a long time and i think is this like the revenge of
0: legacy i mean legacy was always (laughs) hung around these uh companies as like a millstone yeah like legacy actually everyone was acting as if it was a negative but legacy if you look at the definition it's it's a positive
1: yeah i think it's i think legacy is serving us well right now i would hate to make a prediction about what the future holds because i've been blindsided a lot so i don't know but I, I do think that's an advantage we have now the way we work isn't you know we're we work at a profit like that's just mm-hmm. how we operate so that has helped us weather tough times so for you
0: digital media is not in crisis
1: it's not it's not it's you know, persistently disrupted maybe, but I don't feel like it's in crisis. I feel like we have a pretty strong audience and a pretty strong business model that is like kind of here to stay.
0: One of the things Jonah pretty was saying was that, you know, it, which was kind of ironic because he was the one who was pushing this distributed uh, model so hard yeah. was that the money just is, isn't there enough, yes. nearly right. enough. From the like the patients had sort of run out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you feel that? You have a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff going on with the platforms.
1: I think that I have the advantage of not being the person that directly negotiates with those folks. So I get to just like do the creative stuff. Awesome. Um,
0: Look at the engagement figures, not the revenue figures. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But my impression from where I sit is that those conversations definitely need to be ongoing like we do a lot of work we need to be rewarded for it and I think um as long as content is valuable on the platforms I think that conversation will be ongoing and hopefully get us to a place that feels right like there's a right equilibrium Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure I would say it's there now
0: what are you seeing with Facebook
1: Watch um how many watch shows do you have oh I think we have 10 Something like that.
0: A lot. Like we have a, a lot. Okay.
1: Yeah. We have, I think we might be the largest single publisher on that. Okay. On the what,
0: what, what what attracted you to go so much into Watch?
1: Well, for me, I'm attracted to any time I'm asked to do something new. Okay. Like that, if novelty is the name of the game, there's something new I can play with, super. I'm going to try it. Um, and I think, you know, the, it's sort of the flip side of Legacy, but I... Um, these are new brands like the show pages are about shows like they have an affiliation to Cosmo and they have affiliation to country living, but they're their own shows. And so kind of understanding what the growth and marketing and potential is and doing that has been really interesting to me. Um, okay,
0: Choose, choose one. Yeah. I know they are all dear to you equally, Yeah, but choose one that you're particularly excited about to, to, to develop as a franchise like of itself. Hmm.
1: I think, well, there, I'm going to choose two. Is that okay? Can okay. I do that? Okay. I mean, one that I'm really excited about is um, our unicorn show. <laughs> so we okay. have this guy who is a human unicorn. And I, you know, it's just ridiculous. Like, and I feel it's-, it's bi- Explain what that <laughs> means. He's like... I
0: mean, a unicorn in the NBA is someone who's seven feet tall and can no, shoot three-pointers. No, he's dressed, he's
1: dressed like a unicorn. Oh, okay. And literally. he goes out on the street and kind of does these uh, sort of, um, what's that, Billy Eichner type stuff, like ch- chatting up people on the street in his, oh, okay. in his unicorn uh, outfit. And he, to me... Um, Symbolizes the kind of fun you can have on watch like he's a Cosmo guy for sure and the Cosmo audience is super into him and he appears This is a Cosmo show. Yes. Okay. Um, and he appears in the Cosmo world otherwise, but like This is also a real spin-off of this brand. It's about like the power of unicornness right now and kind of going over the top with it and like mm-hmm. to get to do that feels really exceptional Um, and like the show pages give us an option to do that um the other one is much more conventional it's a good housekeeping one called test kitchen secrets pretty straightforward like we do kind of how to cook stuff and i don't you know there isn't in the rest of the digital world except on our site there isn't the opportunity to do that in video and so we get this moment where we can tell people how to make waffles and how to chop onions and stuff like that with the with the 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 good housekeeping woman as the representative of it, um, mm-hmm. so those are couldn't be more different. And I get to do both of those. Like that's what's cool about watch, you right. know.
0: So how does it? How does that change these brands? I mean, when when, when uh, video becomes, you know, not just the side thing, but mm-hmm. if not the main thing, close to the main thing.
1: Um. Oh, well, it changes us it changes. I'm not sure it's changing the brands. Really? Actually. Yeah. I think the answer is it doesn't, you know, it just allows us what changed the brands more was publishing so much stuff. And when we started publishing so much stuff, we really began to understand how the audience would respond to that stuff. And video lets us take the things that we think they responded to and blow it up big. So it feels contiguous, actually, with what we've been doing.
0: So Um, the big change was actually just being responsive to the audience.
1: And having that kind of input, you know, every second of every day.
0: Okay. Um, How about translating these brands to Snapchat? Because you guys have been pretty aggressive on Snapchat.
1: Mm -hmm. I, I, I really like working on the Snapchat channels because it actually feels the most magaziney to me. And I'm 18 years of print magazine editor. So it, it harkens back to those days. We put together editions and the editions are, have a different spirit and they're designed really differently and they move and they're, you know, um, they're crazy, but they're, they're little magazines. Like that's what they are. And like teenagers are reading them a lot. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and that actually, in some ways- Is, is that a,
0: an environment to build brands?
1: I think it's an environment to do that thing that I feel is part of my mandate, which is expose new generations to these old brands. Okay, so uh, is it
0: almost like a marketing in some way? Because I guess I don't really, I mean, with Snapchat, it's still, it's still fairly new. Yeah. Um, and they're still, they're changing constantly, yes. figuring out yeah. how to m- marry messaging and, yeah. and media. Um, and how, how intertwined it should be or how, whether to completely separate it.
1: Yeah. I, I, th- I think it's more than marketing. Obviously it's a bit, bu- you know, we wouldn't do it if it wasn't a business right. for us. So um, you make money off this. We do. I think it is, it's a way to chat is what's coming, right? Like you and I are never going to talk on the phone. That's never going to happen. And pretty soon we're not going to email each other anymore either, we're just going to be in some kind of chat dm environment and i like the efforts all the platforms have made but you know that snap has around visual chat and so it's interesting to create media in a visual chat environment where visual assets are shared from my media brand that's kind of unique mm-hmm. um and so that has really up to the design rigor of our group and i think instagram stories is really doing that too like we really you know initially again we were talking about the velocity and just like being in the conversation on the internet that was like getting on top of news and making sure you were there with the story but now where it's like make a piece of art that travels yeah. that's, i wonder if 2018
0: is gonna be the year instagram stories becomes way bigger story and media
1: i th- i totally agree with you on that you
0: know because yeah. they haven't really it, it seems to me and maybe it's just because I use it more than like Snapchat, which I don't use. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's possible. Uh, It seems to me it's like, it's ripe for to be an actual, a real publishing medium.
1: I definitely think so. But I think the informality of Instagram stories is in, you know, it's almost like they went in reverse. Snap had the informality of the, personal story narrative. So you're following Kylie Jenner and it's like her and her car and her and her boyfriend and her tickling her dog. And then they added on this much more professionalized version, which is Discover. Mm-hmm. Instagram had a much more professionalized feed, right? The main feed on Instagram is beautiful photography and, yeah. you know, sunsets, gorgeous yeah. selfies and yeah. like all that. And then <laughs> they they added on Instagram stories, which feels actually a little bit more like the old Kylie Jenner feed on Snapchat. Um, so I don't, and we we play with this a lot like because we make very professionalized beautifully crafted Instagram stories that don't necessarily engage as well as ones where it's just like you know hey it's me I'm Chrissy from Bazaar and I'm here at this blah blah and look around like so I'm not sure that Instagram stories will become a media outlet in that in that professional way um, but it certainly is in terms of a way to engage our readers around our brand and I think for us, Instagram stories is like, we have access to cool stuff and our readers get to go with us on Instagram stories.
0: So how much of a challenge is it figuring out which of these platforms to prioritize from um, a storytelling perspective? Because you can't, everyone says, oh, we're gonna be on everyone. But That's
1: our, that is our super challenge. Are t- you've, you've nailed both of them. One is, how much time do I spend on each of the media? Like, how much do I spend on design? How much do I spend on photography, video, words? And then the second one is, okay, now if I've made my media decision, how much time am I spending on the distribution point for that media? Um, and again, that feels to me like the luxury of so many brands. Um, you know, some brands are just. Exceptionally well suited to Instagram. El Decor, huge Instagram following, amazing Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. Not a big team for the site, but we spend a ton of time crafting their Instagram stories. They're gorgeous. Um, Can you make money off that? I mean, yeah, we sell it.
0: You sell Instagram stories. Yeah. Okay.
1: And and the and the main feed. Um. But then a brand like Esquire doesn't have a huge following on Instagram, but is really big on Snap. So that feels like a place where we should put a lot of effort there. Um, and again, because of the kind of symbiotic relationship of all these brands, then when we put 17 on Snap, which is obviously a great home for it, there are so many learnings we had from having Inst- from having Esquire there first that we're able to kind of be efficient in that. But
0: you don't have like, say, an Instagram team that works across all no. the different brands.
1: We have a centralized social team that is really around data and best practices, but execution is brand to brand on the social platforms. Like, isn't
0: that frustrating in that you're you're trying to, so you were trying to get super efficient yeah. in a world that was still fairly desktop, some mobile, yeah, um, and now all of a sudden, all these platforms are fracturing everything and all the efficiencies that you were trying to get, which were made for a desktop world. yeah are kind of gone
1: yeah <laughs> I, I don't, don't mean, mean, to you. But oh I mean no. all these people spend
0: all this time on these like cms's and stuff like this right. and now all of a sudden you're using snapchat cms
1: yeah the number of things that an editor has to log into every day is disheartening <laughs> i will i will tell you that i think and a that, giant security risk we have like a google doc I with every know. single
0: password i hope no one finds
1: it <laughs> Ooh, let's start hacking <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, right. I mean, we're logging on to, you know, our data tools, we're logging on to Slack, we're logging on to Kitten, which is the CMS for Snap, we're logging on to Social Flow, we're like, you know, it's ridiculous. Um, I think there's still efficiencies, though, in these new platforms, like that's part of why we have seven brands on Snap, and we have, you know, 10 plus Facebook watch shows, because there's a you know there is a centralized production team for Facebook Watch that yes there are individual people from each team that create the shows but they work with a centralized team. Oh, okay, so our, is, our group of animators on Snap is shared, but the but the individual team has an editor and designer that kind of thing. Okay, so, so you find it where you can.
0: You look for efficiencies, yeah. but you're not able to create you know a piece of content for Snapchat that goes on Instagram for in stories.
1: Not really, though. God, I'd be like to, <laughs> but that's that thing of like I think it's over professionalized. When we take something like yeah. straight off a snap and throw it on Instagram stories, it just doesn't read right.
0: So, what is a platform that is not a priority?
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. You haven't mentioned Twitter. Although I people are coming Twitter. back to Twitter. Well, Twitter is again. I would say there are brands that are really, really into Twitter, yeah. and we're really into News Twitter brands. during live. Yeah, Esquire. It's important. It's often important for Ellen Cosmo a lot of the feedback that we get about the Cosmo Snapchat channel, we get on Twitter. Like there are, you know, this is, people are agnostic I think a bit in how they use these platforms. Um, I, you know, Twitter is important when there are live events, when there, you know, when Doug Jones happens, like Twitter's the place to be. Um, so it has its moments, mm-hmm. but it, it is not as much a part of our daily grind probably as the others, but not, I wouldn't run away from it. I mean, yeah, okay. That's a, you, you There's no you can't run away from anything anymore. You know, you really can't.
0: Okay, what's one platform that you find your team spending more time um, focused on?
1: I th- I agree with you that I think Instagram will be a big play for us. Mm-hmm. Um, in part because we're pretty successful there now, and so the question is like, how do we get more from this? Um, it it feels like. I don't know. I, I, I like Instagram too, because it is an all demographic platform. You know, my kids use it and my mom uses it. Like it's, and so it's the place where we can reach every generation and that's helpful for our brands, which are across many generations.
0: Okay. I'm not going to ask you for prediction, but <laughs> I'll ask you for a trend that you think will be focused on a lot more, um, later in the later part of 2018 than we are right now.
1: I think one of the challenges with video is that you are a prisoner to video. So like if I want to, if I see a news story and I click into it, I can start with a bottom paragraph. I can just read the caption. I can look at the pictures. I am in control of my consumption experience. And with video, when you start looking at a video, you're like either in it or you're out. Like you got a, you got four minutes and you're going to last for 20 seconds or two seconds or stay for four. But I I am forced to go on the journey that the creator demands of me. So I think swipeable video, which is basically what Snap is, which is basically what uh, what Instagram stories is, which is like you can break it into 10 segment second segments, you could skip through 10 seconds if you don't want that 10, you can keep I think that is how video will evolve in terms of consumption.
0: Okay, so more swipeable video. I
1: think that people want to be able to Scrub, you know, I do that. I'm sure you do too. When you're like looking at the Jimmy Fallon clip from the night before, you're like, I just yeah. want to see where she says the joke everyone's talking about. I don't need the whole goddamn interview. And I think we'll need there'll need to be a method of distributing video that allows the consumer of that content to have more control over how they consume it.
0: Okay, Kate, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. It was great to be here, Brian.
0: And thank you all for joining us. Before we wrap up, I want to give a shout-out to a couple of listeners. One is Hilary Maloney, who tweeted, Man, working from home is my jam and a half, making edamame the right way, listening to Digiday Pod, candles, the mind flow, productivity to the max. Hillary, thank you. And also to Sean Canungo, who writes, love the digiday podcast i'm always hunting for the next one because the interviews are always real and interesting brian is a great interviewer thank you sean and have a self-inflicting drinking game when he mentions the pivot to video keep up the great work sean you are probably going to be very drunk this year and we really appreciate all of your reviews and tweets This episode was produced by Aditi Sangal. If you liked our show, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. And like I did with this episode, I'm going to keep mentioning your generous new reviews for us. So keep them coming. Please be creative, but always five stars. Thanks again. See you next week.